0: Welcome to the fitness Canner podcast. I'm your host, Eric Feigl. I'll be bringing you the truth about exercise by interviewing fitness professionals, exercise science professors and researchers, as well as fitness industry entrepreneurs and leaders. Hopefully you take this info and apply it to have a better, healthier and happier lifestyle. Thanks and enjoy the show. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Fitness Canner Podcast. It's episode 50, and I'm joined today. Uh, it's our second appearance on the podcast, Kristen DeAngelis. Kristen, welcome to the show again.
1: Thanks for having me back, Eric.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So you and I have done uh, quite a bit of work together um, with you know some some client work and just kind of tossing ideas around about how we can be better service to the people that we help. So uh, a lot of, a lot of the times when we're dealing with um, especially the nutrition side, which you know that's why you're on here because you're the expert in that field, but even with ex, with uh, exercise and with nutrition, it's more about building the habits behind uh, what you're trying to accomplish. And I think that's really what I really want to uh, try to, to, to tackle and to try to get across to people is that um, building the habit is, more of what we need to overcome, rather than just because a lot of people know, quote unquote, I know what to eat or I know how to exercise. It's just the execution part, right? I mean, how many times mm-hmm. do we hear that? So, um, gi- yeah. So give us some input and some insight on on how you help people build habits and and to break through a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think so. So I think this is a great topic. I think this is really important. So. As a registered dietitian, which I'm a registered nutritionist, and I do work with people, obviously, <laughs> inclined with nutrition, but really all aspects of habit change for making a healthy overall holistic change in your life. And so I first kind of wanted to address this topic of habits based on, well, why do we have a habit and uh, how, what is the purpose of a habit? So if we, I kind of always like going back to, okay, what is my body doing for survival? From like a physiological need, why do we develop habits in the first place? Mm-hmm. So if you think about your just day-to-day, what you do, we spend actually a majority of our day on autopilot. Our brain is on autopilot, and that's back to for survival mode. It saves space and time in our brain. So if you've ever, you know, driven somewhere and all of a sudden you ended up at that you know point b and you said oh my gosh how did i get here or i'll give another example as far as eating you know we are busy working on our computer and we're also on the phone and we're eating lunch but all of a sudden we look down and realize oh my gosh where did that go right and so when our brain is on autopilot doing anything um really what it's trying to do is just save space and time and to just be more efficient so Yes, we may have mindless behaviors and, you know, quote-unquote bad habits, Um, and so there's certain things that we can do to break bad habits and also certain things that we can do to break into new, healthier habits, and um, I want to talk on a few different resources for healthier habits and, you know, looking into this deeper, how it relates to you, so Thinking back to how you can think about, you know, saving space and time in the brain, um, making a new habit, I'm just put this out there, like, it takes thought, it takes time, and, um,
0: yeah.
1: you know, it's not the easiest thing to do, and that's why you really have to set yourself, your space up to really have kind of bumpers. Like, I had someone in my weight loss class, and she said, I need to make sure that I have bumpers so that when I start to slip into those bad habits... I have my trainer scheduled on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and the days that I'm not in the gym, I see my nutritionist. I see Kristen on Tuesdays, and on Thursdays, I have my walking partner, so she has that accountability person, so right. you have to know yourself that when you are breaking into a new habit, it's not easy, and that's why you have to set yourself up for where can how can I set myself um, some, some bumpers? along the way. I mean, do you kind of see what I'm saying there? Oh No,
0: hundred percent. It does. Yeah, absolutely. It's just like, yeah, you're go if you're, you're going down the road and you know something might slip, then you have like just set up accountability partners. Everything's already in place.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and that's, that's one, the accountability piece. I, I just can't stress that enough is a good quote unquote bumper for us. Right. And for anyone looking to learn more about habits and habit change, but how habits might relate to you, I would refer to the resource of uh, Gretchen Rubin. So, have you heard of Gretchen Rubin?
0: What yeah, we had Yeah, you and I have talked about that. Yep.
1: Yeah, yes yeah. So, there are four different personality types. So, for anyone listening to this, just type in gretchenrubin.com. Uh, she also has a podcast, and it's just really interesting. To start to see, you know, how do I see myself and how do I put rules, uh a, rules applied to me, is it better that I make the decision, or is it better that someone just lays it out and tells me exactly what to do? Do I need accountability? You have to know yourself. So, for example, I could work with a client and they have the accountability of seeing me every Tuesday, but until they say, I am ready to do this. I want to make this choice. I'm not making it because I'm seeing you. I have stepped into that role that it's my choice. Right. So you have to, and I I think that everyone kind of has a little bit of all of these kind of traits components, but I think it's interesting. She has a quiz that you can take to really understand, you know, how will I know if I'm, if I'm trying to get into a new habit of say walking 30 minutes a day, um, it will help me to make sure that I have a walking partner and that I have to physically check in. Or you might be someone that really likes competition. I have someone that he's leading the weight loss class I'm, I'm teaching right now, and it's because he's a competitor and he likes competition. And so he's on, my, he's on a Fitbit doing a walking challenge every week, and he likes the fact that he wins every week because he's walking something like 700 minutes a week. And he has that competitive drive in him. So he knows that he's competitive, so he's used that to his advantage and applying that to a new habit he's trying to break into. So I think that's an important thing of just kind of know yourself, know you know what has helped you in the past. Um, and that also might be why you're you know avoiding scheduling a session with a trainer because you know that once you schedule it, you're not going to back down. And so you might be kind of a little bit ambivalent around, hmm, am I ready to take that step yet? So, right. You know, it's, it's a little bit of kind of a, a you know a step forward, a step back. Am I ready? But make that commitment and, you know, set some of those boundaries around making a new habit. Yeah, um, the, i Oh, that, sorry. Yeah?
0: Sorry. I was just going to interject that. Like, you know, what you said is you're setting yourself up for, for long-term investment is what it sounds mm-hmm. like. You know, it's not mm-hmm. like, none of this is short term. Every single bit of it is a long-term investment. So um, I do have one question about, you know, if you're looking for someone uh, to be your accountability partner, is it a good idea to find someone who is on, on our same level? Or should we seek someone out, like that person who's leading the group? Should we, should we seek out someone who's maybe like a step above us? Like where we are in our journey?
1: Yeah. Good, really good question. So I try to tell people that you want to have a safety net and you can't just rely on one or two safety nets. So you can't just rely on, okay, I have my partner and I have my trainer. Okay. We need five people so that you're addressing five different environments. So maybe someone at your home environment, um, maybe, you know, a a good example. So a trainer, maybe a dietitian or a nutritionist, maybe there's a Facebook group that you're doing. Maybe there's um, someone that you can regularly call and check in with. There's a walking partner. There's someone that knows nothing about you. Maybe it's a therapist or someone that you're talking to on a weekly or monthly basis as more of like a counselor that knows absolutely nothing else about who you are. And you feel like you can just kind of unload and be real and transparent with them. But you're still showing up to yourself yep. and just still keeping that that safety net because it's easy if you just have, you know, you you might have your spouse at home, but you know, what happens when they're out of town for the week and you feel like, oh, I I don't really have anyone to report to right now. I don't have anyone to share, you know, what I'm doing with. So I guess I'll just kind of go off the rails a little bit. So I try to give that number of five that you can think about.
0: Okay. Yeah. Very, very good. I and I kinda wrote that down too. And I'm gonna link to uh uh, Gretchen Rubin, also. So, uh, I didn't mean to cut you off. I knew you were getting ready to say something else.
1: Yeah, no, you're good. Um, I think that there, you know, there's so much that we can kind of talk about on this conversation. Gretchen Rubin is one area looking into habits and uh, and and the power of habits. Someone else that I would also uh, link to, and I wanted I want to bring up. I always I always refer to this guy. He's a food psychologist, not just a guy. He's a PhD. He's a, uh, Dr. Brian Wansink and he's a food psychologist out of Cornell. And he's got some amazing, uh, observational research and stuff, really, really interesting stuff and things that you can start to apply to you, uh, so that you can, what he tries to emphasize is so how you can mindlessly eat better. So if right now, you know that, I don't know why, I just feel like I am just constantly, you know, in the cabin you know, sorting through what, what can I get next in the candy cabinet? Or, you know, I, I don't know why. I just feel like I'm always eating peanut M&M's. Okay. Well, if the peanut M&M's are on your desk, that's probably why it's probably a trigger that <laughs> right. every time you see that it comes up in your mind. And so I've tried some, when we're talking about habits, we have to be so uh, aware of our environment. So for whoever's listening to this right now. You know, you're walking, you're driving, um, you could just be sitting, but your body, you're you're always picking up on so much more than what you're just physically seeing. The peripheral vision, what you hear, not just what you're hearing through these headphones, but what you're hearing outside of the headphones and what you're you're feeling and smelling. There's so much going on at all times. And again, that's what what I was getting back to. The body is smart. It kind of zones in right here, but you know, you have so much more going on. So if there's so much more going on and yes, you might be listening to this podcast, but in the background, there's a pizza commercial on in 30 minutes when the podcast is over and you're thinking about this, but then all of a sudden, you know, you get a a phone call from someone and it's a really, you know, it's a not good conversation. You hang up the phone call and you're like, I'm just going to go grab a pizza. And that was the first thing that you went to. And yes, it's definitely, you know, a stressful emotional response, but also you were kind of picking up those uh, cues or kind of uh, environmental triggers right. from something that you actually weren't even aware of in the first place. So being more mindful about kind of what is in our environment and what Dr. Brian and talks about is how you can start to set your environment up so that you're mindlessly eating better. So some examples of some of his research would be, you know, he, uh, he did an observational study of people who, who just knocked on their door and said, okay, I have two questions. One, can I look at your kitchen table? And number two, can you step on the scale? And what he found was people who had their cereal boxes out on the countertop versus those that there was no cereal boxes out, they were in the pantry, weighed 12 pounds less. People who had it, who had the cereal box out were 12 pounds more. But so it's things like that that he does. And he just starts to show you. I mean, even the the candy jar experiment, the peanut M&Ms on the tape on the work desk versus in a drawer. So out of sight, out of mind, they reduced eating candy, I think, three pieces less. But when they moved it six feet away from the desk and so that it wasn't even out of sight, out of mind, but it was also farther to actually get up and go to, people ate, I think it was nine or 12 candies left. And oh, yeah. so it's this interesting topic of how can you just move things around to set things up differently. And so if you go to his website, it's I think it's called splinbydesign.org or .com, but it's very, very good information. He also has a book with just kind of good images. That you can say okay let me just look at my kitchen okay if it is uh disorganized cluttered if you see a toaster out you know we don't think about it but a toaster oh you know i want something i want some toast i want a sandwich i want to heat up that you know bagel bites whatever but if we keep the, the blender out the juicer out if we can keep a fresh bowl of fruit with at least three different colors on the table if when we open up the refrigerator we have um, fresh fruit in clear containers already cut up and then our leftovers are in actually uh, containers that you can't see into or even better yet that they're already portion size, so it's not just you know one big container. These are all things that if you think about it, I guess what you, you probably won't be thinking about it but that's the idea is that <laughs> what are some different strategies so that you're not even thinking about it You're hungry, and you just grab, you know, the apple or the banana as you're going out out the door, rather than the the handful of peanut M&Ms as you're going out the door.
0: Right. That makes very interesting. That makes total sense. Well, think about think about this. Like on 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 a macro level, when you're driving to work, let's say you have everything set up at home, like just like perfect. Okay. However, that looks to each individual person. On your drive to work, like I'm th- trying to think of my drive to work. On my drive to work, I pass one, two, three, four. I pass four, at least four fast food restaurants, okay? I mean, mm-hmm, thank- mm-hmm. thankfully, like I'm – I'm, you know, I, I've got like that, that consciousness around where I, I won't go through a fast food restaurant. Um, you know, but like how does someone handle – because if I'm if I'm driving to work, more than likely I'm going to come home the same way or a similar way. I'm going to see those over and over and over. So at least five times a week, let's say eight restaurants, forty views of these restaurants, you know, that are just constantly like burned into our into our brain. Not to mention you know that pizza commercial that's in on on the background. So how can we set ourselves up like once we take a step outside of the house, then what?
1: Yeah, good question. So there's so many other components, too, that we want to think about. You know, it's not just what we're seeing, but it's also, okay, is there a certain, it's, you know, 3 o'clock when we're passing that and all those restaurants. And we haven't eaten in 4 hours, 5 hours, 6 hours. We're hungry. We're tired. We're stressed. We have to ask ourselves, you know, at that certain time, is it going to be helpful if we, you know, keep a bag of apples in the car and literally say when I get in the car I start eating the apple? Right. Um, I think the good, the best thing to do though is to make sure that you're eating consistently, so that you start to become aware of the how 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 it's harder to practice willpower when we're at. I'm going to come back to low blood sugar when we're at low blood sugar and we are. Tired, hungry, or I'll use the word hangry, hungry right. and angry at the same time. Right. Then, then all those things that we're driving by are way too tempting. That again, we're just we're stacking the cards against us. But to stack the cards in our favor means that maybe you're you ate something right before you went, or you're eating something while you're on the drive to you know the next place. But making sure that you're you know satiated every few hours, to having something to eat every few hours. And then also, I mean, if if it's possible, and I've had to do this a couple times, is to map out a different route. Like if and it could be, it could be your driving, or it could also be, you know, you're walking from your your desk to the water cooler or the the bathroom. And every time you go there, you pass, you know, Bob's desk, who has the endless amount of candy supply. Well, is there a way that instead of you know turning right out of your desk, you just go left? and you can just keep going that route instead of the other one where you just keep passing the candy jar. So some of those like kind of rerouting the system, but also looking at how can I stack the cards in my favor before right. I even get to that point.
0: Yeah, that makes that makes so, total sense. I like the idea of just the convenience factor. Like you said, it kind of relates back to, you know if you leave a bag of apples in your car, just for an example, that convenience of, of having that boom right there and and comparing that to having like the, the candy, um, Mm -hmm. you know, on your desk or somebody else's desk, like right next to you. It's just the convenience factor, right? In, in some Mm -hmm. situations.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, convenience and time are the two biggest factors why people go back to their old habits, convenience and time. And it's back to what I was saying at the at the beginning of our conversation was, you know when we make a new habit, it takes thought and time. And so we become we start to toy with, okay, well, I have to think about this now. So mm-hmm. when with Dr. Brian Wansink's research, just go to his website and there's some really good things. but how can you mindlessly make better choices? So no time affecting it. It's just how you set up and organize some different things. So, once you drop the apples there, we'll just just reach for that. It's no other time about it in, in that kind of respect.
0: Yeah, that make, and that um, makes total sense.
1: Mm-hmm. But then there was another thing that I wanted to bring up regarding habits too. And that's uh, regarding kind of when you are trying to incorporate a new habit, um, it's just a matter of you're not aware. You just forget, right? So a common one would be water intake. I deal with this on on a daily basis with clients struggling to get in in their water intake. And so we really have gotten into coming up with some good strategies and what works best for them. So I find that pairing, this could be water. This could be, um, you know, you you have a goal of being able to do 20 push-ups in a row or You know, you want to hit 10,000 steps. You can apply this to anything. But I'm just going to use the example of water. So pairing that habit that you need to increase with things that you know will happen in the day. So some things that happen normally in the day, right? Um, You get up and brush your teeth. You take a shower. You use the restroom. For some people, they take medication. And I'm going to give that example of medication because – take medication, they usually have to drink something to get the meds down. And so I'll start there and say, when you take your medication, instead of just a sip of water, make it a requirement that you have to finish a full glass of water, eight ounces. And using that same example to apply to almost I mean, anything. So when I open up the door from from work, I drink a cup of water or When I get into my car, I finish a bottle of water. So think of like when you get into the car, you automatically buckle your seatbelt. It's mindless. It's autopilot. You get in, you buckle your seatbelt. You get into the car, you open your bottle of water. You put your bottle of water right by your side and you you drink it. And what I'll do with some people is say, by the time you get to work, make that a challenge with yourself and say, okay, I need to finish this bottle before I get to work in 30 minutes. Right. So, this idea of when I blank, I will blank. When yeah. I take my meds, I will drink eight ounces of water. When I sit down for breakfast before I eat, I will drink eight ounces of water. Right. Um, so, par- pairing it, this pa- idea of pairing, pairing a habit with something. You know happens every single
0: day. I like that, that can a lot be
1: really, really helpful.
0: I like that a lot and I kind of think um, and, you know maybe get some feedback from you on this, but pairing your habit and and maybe making someone else a part of that too. so if you know in yeah. in the morning um, you're gonna sit down and just for ease you know just uh, to stay on the water kick, I'm gonna sit down when I eat breakfast, I'm going to drink. X amount of water and when you get to work that day you have that person someone that you know is reliable and and they ask you you know how the water intake go this morning you know you kind of combine those two you build that system around that
1: Mm -hmm. yeah I mean something similar to like do a challenge do a water challenge at work or um, do a challenge with your partner put you know ten bucks in a jar and by the end of the week, whoever wins, you know, gets to take that, they make double the amount or something. But what you could do is um, get a gallon of water. And on that gallon jug, again, this wasn't my idea. This is a client who took it from Pinterest. But okay. I thought it was a really good idea. <laughs> um, so they took a the gallon of water and they wrote with a permanent marker on it each time with a line. So they wrote 7 a.m., 9 a.m., 12 And with those times, it helps them, you know, stay on target with continuously drinking throughout the day. But they also wrote like little quotes, you know, you can do it, you're almost there, one more. Um, And so by the end of the day, when they came home and, you know, you're with your partner or you're with your daughter and you're both working on this water challenge, well, you can compare and say, oh, I've got, you know, I've got one more cup to go. And And it might not be a whole gallon. But maybe it's, you know, at the end of the week, you compare how much water you drank and the one with the most, you know, won the, won the bet. I mean, bets work for some people, not for others. But again, it's just, it's just another example of something like a challenge or that accountability that could help you um, tie that in a little bit.
0: Yeah, I like using that, that putting the mark on the gallon. Um, I wanted to make sure we cycle back around to the, uh, you wanted to talk about, uh, insulin levels. So I want to make sure you got all that topic touched on.
1: Oh yeah. So, in I mean, that's, that's kind of regarding just, I talk about blood sugar regulation with probably almost sugar, all of my right. clients. Yes, yeah. So, well, with insulin, I mean, directly involved with blood sugar response, but, um, I mean, that, I feel like that could kind of be a whole other conversation together. Um, I mean, I'll just, I guess I'll just kind of start here is that if you're eating something at 6 a.m., right? Right after you eat something at 6 a.m., your blood sugar starts to rise, uh, you know, it's six and then it's seven, it's eight, it's starting now to taper down, nine. 10, okay, it's been a while. 7, 8, 9, 10 has been four hours. Typically, if you had, you know, say, a Greek yogurt with some berries and some nuts for breakfast, four hours later, you probably need a snack. Now, if you don't eat at 10 um, and you continue to kind of push it 11, 12 you get stuck in a meeting and lunch now isn't until two o'clock but you're off work so you're driving home you're like i'll just wait until i'm home you know i'll just wait to eat at home well now you're driving past the, all those drive throughs and so what i'm referring to with blood sugar is that our blood sugar has now started to tank right we ate breakfast at 6 a.m but it's been you know well over six hours of not having any fuel in our system so at this point we're Hungry, angry, irritable, moody, and most often is craving, craving carbs, sweets, and refined car- and uh, refined sugars. So what that leads to is convenience and time. So when we're talking about habit, it's back to okay. Well, if we know that that's a trigger, like seeing those um, drive-throughs or fast food restaurants or whatnot, it's making sure that we're we're not stacking the cards against us. You know, we're Make have a snack before you head home. Even if you want to hold off that uh, lunch until you get home, fine, I get it. But don't just keep pushing it off further and further and further. Have something to curb that appetite a little bit. And having protein and fiber together um, and a little bit of healthy fats are the most satiating components to make sure those blood sugars are well managed. So I was giving this example, you know, probably 30 minutes ago um, with some some clients and I was explaining, you know, not just having the banana because the banana is going to cause your blood sugar to go up, but then you're usually hungry, you know, an hour later if you just have a banana. But if you had a banana with some peanut butter or some nuts, um, some form of protein and healthy fat, your blood sugar is going to be more stable. So you're going to be in a better place to make a decision rather than slipping back into an old habit or just kind of feeding right into the cycle of what our, you know, marketing of the food industry wants us to fall for.
0: So
1: you really have to just, again, stack the cards in your favor and with blood sugar is making sure you're eating every few hours and you're always having protein, fiber, and some healthy fats, which is what we, I think we talked about the first time we, uh, that you had me on the show, Eric.
0: Yeah, definitely. And even if it's not feasible for, for people to eat every couple of hours or every few hours, making sure that those, however many meals you get in, that you have those good good fats, um, mm-hmm. good carbs, and, and solid protein in each each meal. I mean, if you could just aim for that, that's, that's a win in my book.
1: Exactly. 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 And I think people get kind of nervous. They say, oh my gosh, you know, two eggs with... Um, avocado and some whole grain toast and some veggies. Like what, what are you talking about? That's such like a big breakfast. <laughs> right. Well, if you're not eating for six hours, like you need that. And I'll, hands down, I have that every morning. Dan has three eggs with vegetables in it and half an avocado and some fruit on the side. And if you need to last up those hours later, you need to make sure that you're really supplying your body with again, protein, fat and healthy, uh, sorry, protein, healthy fats and fiber at those meals, you know, there it's crucial.
0: Definitely, yeah, definitely. Christy, you dropped some uh, really good tips here. I, 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 wanna, I'm gonna link some stuff in the notes so kind of everybody has um, a feedback to go to. Rubens and is it Wanson, Is that right?
1: Wanzen, uh, W-A-N-S-I-N-K, W-A-N-S-S-I-N-K. and his website is slimmydesign.org. but. Okay. I can also send you, if you Google, it's just uh, Dr. Brian Wonstig, and he has some different studies. Um, I can even send it to you if you need
0: to send it to you. At all. Okay, cool. Good. So I'm going to definitely link the, link back to those. But, you know, I think when you put everything together and you, know, you put in the, the quote-unquote bumpers in place, you know, you start to pair mm-hmm. your habits, find people that you can you can become accountable with in, in those five uh, sectors you mentioned, look out for those mm-hmm. environmental cues, and realize like the convenience is a huge, huge factor in how that and how your entire entire how, how your habits are going to be played out. Then uh, mm-hmm. I think you're setting yourself up for for success.
1: Mm-hmm. Anytime that we can prepare ahead and set up those bumpers and I mean set up the accountability, so yep. it's it's super important. You just have to you know know yourself and use the resources that. You know that we're that we're giving you that other people are giving you And right. don't be afraid to ask for help ask for support
0: absolutely well kristen I, I appreciate you taking the time to to let everybody know how they can build healthy habits and if anybody has any more questions comments concerns where can they reach you
1: yeah so um as a registered dietitian i have a private practice so I work with individuals, groups, I do workshops, seminars, um, all the above. So if they have questions, they can go to my website. It's kristindeangeliswellness.com. Um, you can also find me on Instagram at Chris DeAngelis. It's K-R-I-S-T, uh, DeAngelis, and I'm sure that Eric will link that in the show. But I've Absolutely. got lots of healthy recipes, and um, you can definitely reach out to me and we can schedule something, or you can just, you know, drop a line and ask us a, a, a quick question. So, more than happy to to hear from you all.
0: Awesome. Thanks again, Christian. We'll talk to you soon.
1: Awesome. Have a good one. Thanks.